welcome to With You Podcast. I'm David, a marriage and family therapist and professor. And I'm Tara, a doula and childbirth educator. Yeah, we've been married 30 years and have four kids that we've raised. And we love to talk about relationships and life transitions. So we hope you'll join us. All right. Hey, it's in between <laughs> seasons. What are we doing here? Now for something completely different. <laughs> we are giving you a bonus episode. And we had this idea because we, yeah, it's, it's a good idea. It's approaching Christmas and we're seeing all kinds of uh, Christmas movie lists. And this one that keeps coming up has brought up some conversations. Yeah, it uh, it's polarizing. There's people that really love well, it. I mean, or I, really most people it. I know love it. Oh, should we announce what it is? Well, on, on Rotten Tomatoes, the audience loves it. The critics don't. Okay. And I think uh, there's a, yeah. I think there's some demographics that are different. But it's a it's a it's a movie that's pretty old. Yeah. I wouldn't watch it with my children. Okay, so here's our disclaimer. Yes. Okay, so the movie we're going to review as this fun bonus episode is Love Actually. Love Actually. <laughs> Love Actually. A British rom-com. Rated R. Rated R. For lots for of lo nudity. lots of reasons. <laughs> so the, the background on this is that it came out in 2003. The only time I've seen it was when it came out in theaters and I went with your mom. What so are you exposing to, my mom to? <laughs> so to follow the in-law episode, let's yes. just talk about awkward. Yes. So, wow. Where, so do you, where do you look was, when that's happening? Well, I, we were very uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this was advertised as a really fun Christmas rom-com movie, and we thought it would be a fun thing to do together. I forget where we were, but it must have been at Christmas time, and just the two of us went. Yeah. Maybe you guys went and saw some big blockbuster thriller, but we went to this movie and I think we might've even walked out before it was done. So spoiler alert, I wasn't charmed by it. Yes. Partly we were uncomfortable with a lot of what we were seeing and hearing on screen. And so then you say, hey, David, let's watch this movie together <laughs> over Christmas break. Well, so that was the one and only time I've seen it. And my memory of it was that the love stories weren't that heartwarming to me, yeah. but that's how it's being advertised and that's how it's listed on these Christmas movie mm -hmm. suggestions. So I thought, well, let's see it again. It's been 20 years, came out in 2003. Ooh. So it's going on 20 years. Yeah. So I'm a whole different person. Maybe yeah. I missed something. Yeah. I've lived and a lot of life. I never saw it because you said that was horrible. So uh, <laughs> we decided to give it a shot. Yeah. So we thought there's a lot of love stories in there and we're about to start a series in our in our next season about love oh, and are we finding telling, the one. Are we telling everybody about sure. that? Sure. Okay. Now we know. Now you know. So the, in this movie, I thought we could you know, sort of pull apart some of the relationships and see what's yeah. what's uh, interesting, what's a keeper, what's, uh, what's a red flag. <laughs> I, w I wish you all could have seen us. So we both had our <laughs> laptops and notepads out taking notes while, uh, yeah, while the first. movie's going on. It was really, it was weird. Like when I took a moment and looked at us, I'm like, we're weird. Yeah. We're... Well, that's been established. Okay. Well, <laughs> uh, but it, it, it's a story of about what, 10 different kind of love stories yeah 10 different stories i'd say yeah so we thought maybe we'd go through each one and talk about what we saw what the sort of summary of this love relationship was yes and we're using this as kind of our case study and kind of cultural context we're not necessarily recommending go watch the movie no and we did warn you there's uh there's some very 
I mean, there's full out nudity. Yeah, and there's a, there's a really great British swearing. <laughs> of course. And so some of the words I had to look yeah, up. Yeah, so it is rated on Tara's R. Phone. From back in the days when <laughs> R had a different sort of threshold too. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you are you are warned. Yeah. So there's a lot of great British actors in this. And a couple American ones too, a lot of ones that we've all known from other movies since. So it's it's kind of full of people that you'll know. But we'll talk through each character yeah. and their story, yeah? yeah? So it kind of starts with um, the singer, Billy Mack. Billy Mack, Billy man, Mack. he is a, <laughs> in his mid-50s, late 50s. Yeah, so really, really old. Really old <laughs> and kind of a has-been rocker that it starts with him singing about he feels it in his fingers, he feels it in his toes. Yeah, so he's a little bit cynical. He's been around. He's an self-described ex-heroin addict, wrinkled <laughs> and alone. <laughs> That's right. And, and he's putting out but a he, Christmas song. Right. So it's kind of the the theme song of the yeah. movie, Love is All Around. You the, hear it over and over again. Yeah. So it shows him kind of a lot throughout the movie, but you, you don't get the sense in the beginning that there's any love story there because there's no, there's no partner, there's no sense of a romantic interest. So we'll leave that for later. We'll wrap up with what happens with Billy. Yeah, let's put, um, let's so put Billy... So it starts with him and kind of runs through with him as kind of a comic relief and just sort of background Yeah. Uh, with the music. So then we have Jamie, who is Colin Firth's character. And it starts out with poor Jamie discovering that his wife is having an affair with his brother. So, ah, really I miss, rough. I missed that part. I was reading some Augustine and, I know. Uh, and Lewis about <laughs> love at that moment. So, oh, that makes more sense yes, now. Yes, now you oh, see. Right. Yeah, so now he was betrayed. He came home innocently to find that he'd been betrayed by his brother and his wife. Ah, uh, and so then he is so just he's lost. Lost and broken. All, by the way, all of this movie takes place within five weeks leading up to Christmas. So okay, just for so the time right frame, so knowing to, how long it's taking yep. these people to develop their relationship. So Jamie, heartbroken, goes to France to write a crime novel, mm. which we, we never learned what the plot of this crime novel was, but I wonder. No, and <laughs> but it broke, it broke my heart because there was part where his novel ends up in a pond. Yes. And it made me think of my dissertation. When it got when it got deleted by yeah. one of our children. Uh, so <laughs> I felt I felt for him. That was the angst in the movie for Yeah, him. I didn't understand yeah. he was betrayed by his brother and his wife. Yes. It was just the pages in the pond were yes. heartbreaking. But meanwhile, while he's in this little <laughs> house writing his his revenge novel or whatever. <laughs> yes. Um, he's hired a a housekeeper who happens to be Portuguese that's kind of bringing him cups of tea and clearing away his trash. And he's taken with her. And she doesn't speak French or English. He doesn't speak French or Portuguese. So they're nonverbal communication the yes. whole time. So there's no, yeah, they don't understand each other verbally. No. And there's but a good bit of fun when they're, they're miscommunicating. to yeah. each other. Yeah. I will say an overarching theme, it seems to be in this movie, is a lot of workplace and school attraction. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and maybe like an attraction, it seemed was kind of the theme I wrote down was attraction as an escape or a distraction from the difficulties or disappointments in life. 
oh, we're going deep right away. Yeah, well, because <laughs> because I think it is. It's yeah. all about attraction. But I was noticing it was attraction to get away from. So for mm-hmm. for Jamie, for Jamie, it was getting away from the betrayal he's had. It was getting away from his writer's block and kind of then this oh, some distraction or an interest. And, yeah. yeah, and and you're right. That was a theme throughout it mm-hmm. of like I'm hurting and here's a here's a distraction here's an escape here's some place to put my attention mm-hmm. on on one level can I go deep on the second level or not sure. yet yeah you go ahead it's about needs maybe we'll wait on that <laughs> yeah, part yeah okay. so, yeah well I mean the, the song that wraps up the whole thing is all I want for Christmas is you oh, so will you sing us a little so, bit n- no I'm not singing I think we <laughs> talked about that last time <laughs> Um, Here, I'll try. Oh, no. <laughs> no. Nope, that's not um, the right note. So in each one of these characters, we kind of want to talk about what did they want. Jamie wanted. Jamie he, wanted. He wanted to be loved. Yep. And he felt betrayed. Yep. Wanted to be desired. Uh, and it's mm-hmm. it's about the individual. Like, what do I get out what of love? What do I want? How are my needs getting yes, met? Because we could, we could um, debate, did he know this lady? this housekeeper did he know her enough to love her or did he want something yeah and yeah. I, I i don't think he knew her because they couldn't speak the language <laughs> and they only spent a couple of weeks together yeah okay so, so that's jamie <laughs> jamie we'll we'll put jamie and in the it, pond and then of course it all wraps up in the end but who well they, yeah oh we should just tell yeah we should tell the I end mean, of they, jamie's story so okay here's a positive yes so we we've established that maybe there wasn't a lot of foundation for them nope but they no, nothing romantic happened between no. them. And she went Except back. I think she gave him a quick kiss goodbye or something to show she was interested. And then yeah. he had a car crash. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we're going to spoil the whole movie if you yeah. haven't seen so it. But that's, you, that's what this is all about. She ended up going back to Port- they, Portugal. Yeah, they both went back home yeah. and didn't, didn't write letters or communicate, but both learned the other's language. Right. So he went to language school and learned Portuguese, and she learned English. Which, just wait, all in two weeks? Yeah, I mean, there was... Yeah. Yeah. The time might know. be. <laughs> um, I've been practicing English for 53 years and it's still. But then there's a month. Th- so it's all five weeks to Christmas and then there's a month after that. So all okay. told, we got maybe, t- you know, two months yeah. or so. But he learns, but he they, learns Portuguese. She learns They both, English. unbeknownst to each other, learn each other's languages. And then he makes a grand gesture, leaves his family behind in England and goes to, is she in Portugal? Yes. Wherever she is. And, um, Proposes to her, proposes marriage to her in yeah. Portuguese in well, front actually, of her family. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and and she says yes yeah. in English. Yeah, yep. and then her dad and her sister kiss uh, Jamie on the mouth. Yes, I don't know if that's yeah, cultural that was or weird. not. Yeah. So the the thing we support in that story is learning the language of the the other. Yeah, that's like that's the five love good. five love languages. Exactly. Right. This was actual language. Learning how to actually communicate. Yeah. And, yeah, and we do that well sometimes, not so good other times. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. Okay, so next is Daniel. And this was a big story with Liam Neeson. He was yeah. very soft in this movie, Liam Neeson, and um, his wife, we see the, his wife's funeral. So nothing is said about that relationship. It might have been a really good relationship, but we don't learn much about his wife. But she has died at the beginning of the movie, and he is now parenting his stepson, Sam. And they both have kind of a love arc in the story. And I, I wrote down several quotes I liked from their, um, their story. So Liam is grieving. I mean, that's the main thing with him. 
um, the love of his life. Yeah. And the stepson, Sam, has a big crush on a girl in school that he's heartbroken about and is is trying to win her or get noticed. Yeah. And uh, and he he talks about love being agony and suffering. And, <laughs> yeah. uh, he's... Well, because first Liam thinks he's suffering from gr- deep grief from his mother. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he says, I hate to disappoint you, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm actually just in love. And he says, oh, that's great. I thought it was something worse. And he says, what's worse than the total agony of being in love? <laughs> so we're talking about it as a, yeah. an ailment, sort of. Yep. Um, yeah, so we follow Sam's story as he tries to win this girl in his school. Well, and there's some there's some parallels with Jamie's story because Sam kind of learns from Billy. Remember, we talked about Billy Mack, the mm-hmm. washed up musician. Uh, Sam watches a TV show where Billy's like being like addicted to love singer. Uh, I can't think of the name of the, uh, the musician. Robert anyway. Plant. Uh, so he's doing a Robert Plant video, and it's really sexualized and. Yeah, they're Sam. all in Christmas suits and stuff, but it's all over. It's cheesy and over sexualized. Yeah, the kid goes, "I ha- I know how to win her over. I'll become a, a musician. musician." Yeah, and he goes and tells his stepdad, and his stepdad goes, "One problem, Sam, you don't play any music musical instrument." And he spends the next however many weeks becoming a drummer. Yeah, so he can be his. She is a singer, and he yep. wants to be her backup. And so again, there's this kind of I'm gonna I'm gonna work I'm gonna do something to find shared activity shared meaning. Right. Yeah. In Sam's story, there's a lot of risk taking to win her over. So yeah. we did. That's one thing that we we found interesting too is the risk taking to to proclaim your love or to you know to win someone over. So I did I did share I was reading the Four Loves from C.S. Lewis, and he talks about love. Love is to be vulnerable. And Sam lived that out. He was vulnerable because a lot of times we don't want to be vulnerable. We want to just shut everything down. Take the risk of getting hurt by by showing our love to somebody else, putting it out there. But we can't really get anywhere in love without being vulnerable or taking a risk. Yep. And Sam did that. He puts it all out there. He He takes some big risks in the end. So in the very end, there's the iconic scene where he he jumps over security in the airport, gets chased by security guards as <laughs> as the love of his life, the little girl is going back. Apparently, she's American and she's going back to America after the the school Christmas yeah, concert pageant. or whatever. And he has to proclaim his love before she leaves, so he he takes a lot of risks and it pays off. Yeah, it was a good. You know, everybody's got to have a puppy love. You know, like you just these strong feelings that are new. That's why he calls it agony. It's this new, deep feeling. Um, but there's not going. It's not going to be his love for a lifetime. Yeah, I think I think about that. Like Ed provides attention, and it's a beginning of trying to figure out. Oh, I'm I'm accepted and wanting to right. Because how would that have ended differently if she massively rejected him? So that might have sent a different trajectory for him as far as feeling confident to take a risk again because he took massive risk to put his feelings out there and she liked him back which was probably a good start for him later in life yeah so that's yeah daniel and sam okay and then we come to a story um with harry and karen Harry, 
my favorite actor. Alan Rickman. Alan. Alan Rickman. <laughs> he plays Harry, and he's married to Karen, who is Emma Thompson. Yep. And they have two kids. And Emma Thompson has relation. I mean, everybody's sort of interrelated in this movie. She's um, friends with Daniel. Yep. And sister of the prime and minister. Sister of the prime minister, who we haven't gotten to yet. Um, married to Alan Rickman. And um, it starts with Alan is the boss in this, you know, this firm that we see several people in. And his secretary has become a, a distraction yeah. and is is aggressively pursuing him, I'd say. Yeah, very aggressively, <laughs> like uh, Sh- uh, Sharon Stone move, <laughs> right? Somewhat, and, yeah. then, and then at the Christmas party, she was dressed as the devil. So he was actually dancing, dancing with, with the, the devil. devil. Yeah. And it was an interesting moment. His wife was like, be careful. Yeah. Be so careful his of wife Mia. witnessed him dancing with the secretary at the Christmas party and yep. noticed that it was a, a weakness for him. Yeah. Yeah, they both, they had an interesting story, and I thought Emma Thompson's was one of the most normal and enduring type of loves. She's a married woman with two kids. She sees her husband kind of getting into that, you know, whatever, that stereotypical midlife slump where he wants to be desired by someone young and attractive, and he's mightily tempted, and she sees it, and she calls it out, and she gets very hurt and sort of cries alone, but then comes out and keeps it happy for the kids. Yeah. Doesn't blow up in front of the kids, but makes it known to her husband that mm. he's harmed her. Yeah. So I thought hers was a really interesting story because she didn't throw him out. She continued to love with him, but let him know she was hurt. And leaned in, leaned into the vulnerability. Again, that's, that's the space she, rather than, rage or any of that it was here's what's happening and what should i do right and i see it what are we going to do going going forward Mm -hmm. and uh yeah it was a that was a powerful part of the film yeah yeah one of her iconic quotes that she actually said to her friend liam after his wife died and i think this was supposed to be in jest but she said get a grip people hate sissies no one's ever going to shag you if you cry all the time (laughs) And that when she said it to him, yeah. and then I realized later that was kind of her self self story story or yeah. mantra or whatever, like hold it in. But she did let herself um, show some emotion about it, and then carry on and yeah. try to keep her marriage intact. Yeah, yeah, and do um, the, do the difficult work. And yeah, where Harry, it wasn't clear. Yeah, what I don't exactly think it was entirely happened. clear at the end if he cut things off with the secretary. I think he was still struggling. Yeah, it was in left. The end. It was left uh, unresolved and ambivalent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, okay, if if we're talking heartwarming stories, so far we're maybe one for four and five. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think we're. I mean, Sam, the eight-year-old, did pretty well, and that's. About... And Daniel might have had a nice marriage, but. Um, but the yeah, but yeah the, dealing with the, the loss Harry of and love. Karen one was pretty um, sad to me. Um, all right, so let's move on to John yeah, so. and Judy. <laughs> Martin Freeman plays John. Um, yep, and a, uh... the opening scene with John and Judy, they're both working. They're yes, both at work. They're at work. But and they're, they're their jobs are rehearsing. 
professional body doubles for sex scenes in very explicit movies, let's yeah. just say. Yep. So this is where they're very compromised in very, very intimate um, settings and poses. Yeah. Um, but you find that they're just having these very ordinary conversations about traffic in London, getting to work. and Yes, there's different positions they're in. And then they're just like, oh, yeah, the A303 was really busy today. Or, um, hey, so what hobbies do you have? It's just this random kind of uh, just small talk right? where there is this graphic sexual content. Right. So this whole story seems to be set up for irony where yeah. they're the ones in the most – physically intimate settings to begin with and but no they're... emotional connection no relational connection yeah at the beginning right and then they're just getting to know each other yes. they're chit-chatting while they're <laughs> yeah so they're they're in another position and he asks her out on a date which was it and was very hard. shyly very right. shyly but they're doing things that aren't shy at all <laughs> right and so there's this kind of juxtaposition right. of wow, this physical act, but that had no meaning and connection. And then the the intimate, vulnerable kind of asking out on a date is very, very difficult, even right. though they're doing... So they've already kind of gone past all the bases, and yet they haven't started intimacy whatsoever. Yeah, and a very cute. He They go out on a date, he takes her to her door and has a kiss goodnight, and then he's like dancing. And so there's this very gentle kind of minimal physical yeah. contact yes and he goes crazy strangely they're the most innocent ones in the entire movie yeah <laughs> most straightforward as far as their relationship because basically if you take their jobs out of it and the the, the nakedness <laughs> it basically boy meets girl he his quote says it's lovely to find someone you can chat to so he just of the one if we're talking about what he wants yeah he wanted someone to chat with he yep. wanted someone who saw him for who he is on the inside <laughs> yep. and being able to Eyes connect up here. <laughs> shared. i'm sorry yeah but <laughs> and they had a you know, just a very innocent meeting of the minds and personalities. And yeah, enjoyed he asked time together. her out. Um, and by the end of the movie, they're engaged and yes. leaving so, on their honeymoon. So here's this, the second best story. Sam, the eight-year-old's the first, and now the porn and stars. John and Judy. <laughs> are, the, are the second. Um, so John and Judy and Sam have some redeeming qualities in their relationship and the, the love that they're yeah. experiencing. Right. Yeah, so then there's a story um, of Juliet and Peter. Kira Knightley. We start with them at the wedding. Yes, we we meet them at their wedding. She's marrying Peter, so we meet her at her wedding. Um, And Peter's best friend, Mark, is taking photos of the wedding and is. I think he's the one that plans some musical surprise at the end of the wedding. And so, yeah, their story is a little confusing to me. We don't know much about Peter, but we know that Mark, it's kind of more about Mark than Juliet. He is, he says, in love, but I think he's obsessed with Juliet. Yeah. uh, The video that he takes is only of her face at the wedding video. Yeah, so he videos the wedding, but it's all all close-ups of her. And he reveals this to her sort of sort of accidentally and then comes and makes a statement to her while her husband's in the other room, basically right. telling her that he's into her. And 
she kisses him goodbye, and that's the end. He says, "That's enough." Well, this is where that, and that's the end of it. This is where that sign thing happens. That so I saw on T-Mobile. There's the actors from Scrub doing this time the or sign, sign holding up the yeah, posters. He rings and, the doorbell, and, and mm-hmm. that's where this comes from. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah, but it was kind of yeah, secret so communication. About? Yeah. So I I didn't like it. Her husband's in the house, and she's at the front door, and his best friend is there, basically confessing his love for her, uh, in a in a deceitful way to not let Peter know. Right. So who wins in this situation? And then she runs and kisses him. It felt like it was a violate for me. I felt like both uh, Juliet and Mark had relational violation with Peter. Yeah, that yeah. it was uh, yeah, both because... his friend and his wife without him ever knowing. Right, right. It didn't feel good. No, no. And the same gesture, which was charming for somebody else to take a risk and proclaim their love, is betrayal in this situation. Right, and because it, it wasn't appropriate. No, and it goes back to it's his need. He needs to communicate that there's nothing bigger. There's not loyalty or kind of the unconditional love for his mate. Uh, no, Peter. and what does that give her except for angst? Like, right. what does it actually do for her to know that she's married to his best friend? Right. And then uh, kind of tears her heart. So there's this there's this tension, and this is what I felt through most of it. Uh, but this one I think highlights it, even though it's maybe the the least controversial it feels like the most painful because yeah. it's it's looking at the worst part of love i think in a, in us culture at least is like i need uh, you know my need my truth yeah, my voice i can't help it i feel this way right. i so need I'm it act on uh, yeah. act on that feeling right i'm going to act on my needs and to you know yeah. to heck with what it does to everybody else it's a it's a different view uh, it's view of love as that the tingles and view of love as something that i I deserve to receive. And yeah. those two messages were really um, disturbing and painful. Yeah. There. Yeah. Yeah. So that one, boo, that was no feel good. Yeah. No. <laughs> we didn't like, we felt bad for Peter and it was rough the other way around. Yeah. And, and realize there's lots of situations that people find themselves in. Like your stories that were people listening to us, your stories might be parallel to some of these. It's not a, it's not judgmental. We're wanting to kind of challenge the view of love, right. um, what love is and not necessarily. Right. And not romanticizing, unrequi- expressing unrequited love. Right. <laughs> like, or, or expressing it with not caring about the damage that it can do. Um, And so, uh, but it's, it's really, we're wanting to use these little case vignettes uh, to explore how do we think about love? Right. So was that, was that want or was that love? I think in that situation, it was, it wasn't love. No. Because if we call love an action and a choice, he was not making a choice that helped anybody really in that situation. Right. Yeah. It was a feeling, it was an attraction. It was an attraction. But attraction doesn't equal love. No, and it, yeah. it doesn't. Well, I, th- I think that's a big mistake a lot of people make. They yeah. think if they're attracted to somebody, that's love. Yep, and I think that was back with Harry, feeling. Harry and Mia, the same idea, the workplace settings of that. Yeah, there might be excitement, there might be feelings. That isn't vulnerability, intimacy, connection. It's mm-hmm. it's a rush of oxytocin. It's a rush of hormones, mm-hmm. um, and it doesn't last. 
Yeah. Well, that leads well into the next one. The, right. the Prime Minister of Britain, of Hugh Grant, Britain. David, the Prime Minister. Another workplace romance. So he has just become Prime Minister when the movie starts. Just moving in. Just 10, moving in. Downing Street. Mm-hmm. And he meets uh, Natalie, who's some sort of administrative assistant, but mostly brings coffee. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> right? Yep. Like, I don't know what her role is. They didn't say her title, but she's mostly fetching coffee and papers and things for him. Yeah. And he's attracted to her right away. Mostly she, she she flubs when she meets him and says swear words to the prime minister. And she, he finds that charming. Yeah. And he finds her attractive. And I think throughout the entire story, there's a lot of just attraction yeah. between the two of them. And boundary boundary setting, and then there's a, a there's a lot of workplace harassment. There is, and <laughs> yeah, he the prime minister's meeting with the U.S. president, and the U.S. president does inappropriate things with Natalie. Right. So there's also there's also some pot Billy, shots at the U.S. Billy, Billy Bob, Bob Thornton, Thornton is our president. Plays our president, and he ah, in the matter of the chief. like less than a minute alone with Natalie, he harasses her. Yep. physically. And I think we're supposed to love David because he doesn't like that the president did that. But no. then he kind of does the same. He kind of objectifies her in the same way. Yeah. In, in yeah, my and they don't really, understanding. They don't really address the power dynamics in all of that. Right. He's, yeah, yeah. Right. So there, we don't see a lot of getting to know you. It's just he finds himself attracted to her. He realizes this is a problem. He actually has her removed from the workplace so yep. she won't be near him. It's yep. a temptation. So she gets fired. Um, she's living back with her family. And then at Christmas time, he, he goes and surprises her and at her door. Yeah. And I think a lot of people see this as a, the romantic storyline. Mm -hmm. And it really isn't. It's got a few problems. It has a few problems. <laughs> and uh, they're, uh, they're working on having a relationship. The, the, the postscript shows that they're connected and they're in a committed relationship. But the, it doesn't address kind of the boundaries, the bad decision making, the relational violations. Mm -hmm. All of that are kind of just glossed over. Just what foundation was there and. Yeah. Is this even viable? And I, the quote I wrote down from David, the prime minister, was he said, I love that word relationship. It covers all manner of sins, doesn't it? Yikes. E <laughs> right. So if, if we call it a relationship, then, you then know. Then everything's okay. Right. Um, so we have uh, another kind of problematic kind of view of, of love, of misusing power for relationship and putting people in difficult positions. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We could dive into all kinds of things with that one, but I think, I think it's clear we didn't, we weren't heartwarmed by that story either. No. no. <laughs> Just felt well. And, and poor Natalie was also the subject of a lot of harassment over her body size, which she was a beautiful girl, but yeah. her, another colleague called her fat. Her dad called her fat. There was a lot of fat jokes yeah. in this movie. I mean, thighs as big as tree trunks. I mean, there's yeah, lots of yes. objectifying. A and, lot of obje a and, lot of objectifying. And I think that's through a lot of the stories mm -hmm. that uh, we we don't we don't often talk about this, but do we see the other as a, a person? So, from our faith background, we talk about an image bearer of God, someone that has value uh, because God loves them. 
and uh, do we see that or do we see them as an object that's going to be a need gratifying object? It's going to like something that is for meeting my need, making me feel loved, making me feel sexually attractive, making me feel whatever it Powerful. is. But yeah. yeah, the other the other is an object rather than a person. And that object is there for my needs. And that's the that's the thing, I think, if I was to put it into words, what gets me disappointed in right. this movie right. is that there's a lot of objectifying that the other is about meeting my needs and the relationship's not good if the other isn't meeting my needs or is a disappointment or because it puts a lot of a lot of responsibility on the other for my well-being which right. isn't healthy right but i think that's an assumption that a lot of people make like married life is going to be so much better right? i hear this from a lot of my single friends of like oh you know all my problems would go away being married and like that's hmm, cute yeah <laughs> how's that going for a lot of people in the us with divorce rates over 50% of it's it, that's yeah. it's not a solution but i think that's the message that i don't feel complete and so then i'll i'll seek that out from the other and then when if it's you, when you're not meeting needs, all my needs, things will be good. That's the problem. Then I'll look for somebody else. Yeah. 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 So, woo, downer. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, let's, <laughs> let's go uh, better. Let's talk about Sarah. Sarah and Carl. So Sarah, played by Laura Linney. She works uh, another, in the another co-worker, and, yeah. another workplace romance. So this one, so... There's a few things on the plus side for this one. So Sarah is attracted to Carl, who is uh, the senior something marketing person or designer or something at her work. And her boss, who happens to be Ellen Rickman, says, how long have you been interested in him? And it's been two years, seven months, three days, plus an hour and 30 minutes. So... They've been in communication, Roughly. right? Estimate. Just sort of somewhere around there. <laughs> so I guess as long as she's worked there, she and Carl have worked side by side, and so maybe there's some already foundation yeah, of some it's... sort of knowing who the other is and some sort of relationship. But she's been attracted to him that whole time, yeah, and not acted on it in any way, right? Um, Actually, been silent, been like completely silent. Everybody in the workforce knows, but they don't, right? And so this all kind of comes to a head at the Christmas party, as things do. <laughs> he asks her to dance, and they uh, they seem to be a match. But the kind of one of the disappointing things is it goes straight from silence to he goes home with her, and they're having sex. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's so going they, straight to, let's just get all our clothes on. <laughs> That's right. And then the phone rings. Right. So then the phone rings. We, earlier in the movie, are not sure who this person is that keeps calling her, if she has another relationship. It turns yeah, I out. I thought it was the husband. And yeah, was out, happy it wasn't a husband. Right. It, it was her out. brother who is in some sort of locked unit for yeah, residential unit psychological for problems, mental health, and mental health problems. So, so she says her parents are absent and she's the caretaker for her brother. So he calls her frequently and she prioritizes her relationship with him and keeping him feeling loved. And so, you know, at the middle of this moment where she's finally getting to know Carl in a new way. <laughs> like a two and a half year dream. <laughs> yeah. Her brother calls multiple times and it becomes clear she she needs to prioritize her brother. Yep. He's priority over anything else in her life. Yeah. 
And Carl does have Carl doesn't have a whole lot of dialogue in this movie. He's just sort of the pretty face that yeah. she's she's in love with. He had but, rock and abs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But he does his quote was life is full of interruptions and complications, which I found very similar to your oft quoted life is full of little disappointments. <laughs> That's right. Um, and I thought that was very apt of him to say because that was really and it's true in love. Like how how well will your relationship um weather those kinds of complications. Yeah. Was I, it possible for her to care for her brother and have a relationship with Carl? Well, and Carl, of it seemed like he was only in it for her physical affection uh, because there was no kind of curiosity about her brother or wanting to kind of come alongside in the in the life complication and interruptions. It was mm-hmm. kind of like, this is imposing on me, and so then I'm, I'm, I'm out. stepping out. Mm-hmm. Uh, where I think love actually <laughs> would be him stepping in, leaning mm-hmm. in of being part of that, mm-hmm. where there's not necessarily anything coming away other than we're going to be in it together. Right. And that kind of vulnerability, that entering into something bigger than just his sexual needs and pleasure. Right. And it was clear that wasn't really possible, no. which is maybe why she never said anything earlier, because she knew her life was complicated. Yeah. yeah. And I think this this all goes to uh, what what are we looking for in relationship when we when we enter into a, a relationship? Are we are we looking just to get something or are we looking for something bigger than ourselves and participating in something bigger than ourselves that will be good? And there'll, there'll be things that are met and kind of satisfactions, uh, but it's different than that's the reason it's what you do for me or what you do to me. Um, that, that matters most. And I think we see that in Colin's story that it's, it's all about pleasure seeking. And I think that's, that's some of what the main cultural belief is about specifically British about Americans. (laughs) Yeah. When we see the last story, oh oh, man, cringe. Brutal, brutal. (laughs) Yeah. So if we want to just sort of have a characterization of the worst idea about what love is, yeah. Yeah. There's, I don't even know. I mean, so there's Colin Frissel. Who it just wants, basically just wants to have sex. Yeah, he, he just wants, wants hook, hookups. He's not successful in love in London, and he figures if he just goes to America, yeah. all the girls will find the British boy cute, and they'll all... And looking looking back, he tried to hook up with Mia. He tried to hook up with, uh, oh, with Sarah. That. Remember, because he was working, giving like, "Here, you're my girlfriend." He was giving. He was like the snack boy in the office. Oh, right. And <laughs> no one would give him the time of day. Uh, and so then he's like, yeah. "Let's go to a, let's go to Wisconsin." So he goes to Milwaukee, Wisconsin, <laughs> and all his dreams come true because yeah. all the American girls are beautiful and just you know want to be with him. For his body. Yeah, well, and his accent. So yeah. it was first of, oh, you're British. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So that story, I think, is pretty clear. It's not a love story. It's an extreme um, it's, yeah. of physical. Hedonism, it's I believe, complete, is. Yeah, physical <laughs> desire and no relationship. No, um, and then the end of the movie is he comes in, comes back to the brings, UK with a girlfriend, but then brings another girl for his buddy. For his friend. Because and so again, girls are like that. <laughs> yeah, just brutal. Was, was right? Yeah, so that one we're not going to give a whole lot of time to because nope, I don't it. think 
anybody is confused about what's going on there. <laughs> we want to come back to Billy Mac. Yeah. Because, you know, Billy. throughout the movie, it was like, Billy, he just keeps singing and he keeps trying to be the number one Christmas hit with his cheesy remake of some love song. Yeah, and he doesn't do... Uh, he doesn't do media and marketing very, very well because well, he no. just calls his he's, music crap. And says, why would anybody listen to this? But I want it to be the number one Christmas story. Yeah, he, Christmas just, song. he has nothing to lose. He just says whatever he's thinking. But he often um, sort of belittles his manager who travels with him, Joe, um, yeah. who has been his manager, I guess, through all of his music career. And yeah. and Billy just kind of makes fun of him, even on the air, calls him fat all the time. Takes and him for Again, granted. with the fat jokes, yeah. a lot of a lot of fat jokes. He mistreats him. He takes him for uh, takes advantage of him, even though Joe kind of invests all of his life and uh, to build up Billy. Right. I mean, his whole his whole role in the movie is to build Billy, build Billy up. <laughs> yes. And then in, in the very end at Christmas, when all these other relationships are coming to fruition, and everybody's you know seeing the yeah. Spoiler alert. Billy Mack gets the number one Christmas song. Oh, he does. He's he gets the number one. Elton John invites him over to his house. Oh, right. So he does. He gets all these invitations. He's finally popular again. He's he has all sorts of places to go for Christmas, but he decides he's he's going to go spend it with Joe as yeah. a friend, at realizing you are actually you've been there all along. So the whole love is all around thing. It was kind of it a sweet tender. love because it wasn't. At first, I was like, "Ooh, where is this going?" <laughs> I know. You asked me, "Is that are they like? <laughs> is they, it romantic? Yeah, love? is it romantic love? What's but going on?" No, there? it was him realizing he was his family and he actually loved him, and, yeah. and they had a tender moment, family. and he had all these other opportunities that he'd been working for. Yeah, but he chose to sacrifice those and. I think that's one of our common themes too is you know sacrificing for love. It's yeah. not it's not about what fills you up necessarily or the tingly feelings. It's about the what are you willing to sacrifice because what does it mean to you? Yeah, I think and and weirdly, I mean that's why we started with Billy and ended with Billy. I think Billy in for me incorporated the Christmas message more. I mean the reason this is a Christmas story is because it's during Christmas. Right. But Billy's kind of sacrificial love, his focus on the other uh, is really for me and I know for you is what Christmas is about that the the focusing of oh look at what God does for us in becoming human in the birth of Jesus that that love that is kind of you, you can see a reflection of it in Billy I mean he's not an evangelist <laughs> long <laughs> long way away from that yeah but that's our model for love yeah and that's what we're trying to use as our example for what real love actually is yeah um and then looking for little glimmers of that in relationships yeah. in our human relationships of you know it not being about us yeah it's a uh, what uh, what was a couple of takeaways for you i kind of jumped the gun with my christmas story uh <laughs> and i know i know you wanted a different title for the movie uh well i think it's encapsulated with you know you end so Sam's little love, um, the girl, what's her name? It starts with a J. Anyway, uh, Joanna. Joanna. Because it was the same as his mom's name. Right. Which, which is was one of the, Yeah, one of the reasons he was drawn to her. Um, but she sings um, All I Want for Christmas is You at the end, which, yeah. I mean, if there's ever a song that's been overdone. <laughs> <laughs> but I felt like that title encapsulated this more than 
love actually, because it was about what do I want? What do I want? And then a line from the, the song is, um, Oh, what was that line? Um, I just want you for my own. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's possession. It's what do I want? And that kind of seemed to match up more with what was shown in, in the relationships looking for what we want, but that's a common understanding of what, of what people are looking for in a relationship. Like, what do I get from this? Yeah. Is it Mariah Carey that sings that? Yes. And because she's, she's kind of obsessed with Christmas, right? And that uh, her song is just everywhere. And she talked about why she's obsessed with Christmas is if you grow up in a messed up life, and then you are able to transform, you're able to have it transform and you can get whatever you want from it. That's joy, getting whatever you can out of out of life when bad things happen. And for her, that encapsulates Christmas. And that's where all I want for Christmas is you comes out of, of like, what can I get? Right. Um, it's something we struggled with, with our kids, even just the concept of the, of that Christmas thought of what did you get for Christmas? Because, you know, when you have elementary age kids and they go back to school after Christmas break, the first question or the art project or whatever that they work on, Mm -hmm. at least in our American society and culture, is always, what did you get for Christmas? What did you get? What did you get? That's the question everybody, did you get what you wanted for Christmas? Did you ask Santa for what you wanted for Christmas? So that's the the entire focus for kids. And that's what's thought of as the magic of Christmas is presents and kids getting things that they don't normally get. So it's hard to fight that. Yeah. That What's pervasive. A What's yeah. a different question we can ask? What did you do with family? What or mm. and that's not even possible for everybody. Yeah. So, you know, what was meaningful to you about, you know, preparing for this special season? Or what um what did you get to give somebody? What did you do with your time over your your time away? I don't know. But, yeah. Well, um, we, we did a lot of that, and we talked about that in the tradition one, a little bit of trying to flip it to the the gift of giving, the the love of giving and kind of caring for the other person, being able to identify and respond and be with. Um, so that would be, yeah, like what, what did you get? Like what did you get excited about doing, giving, being yeah. with did you others? Give, did you give any gifts this Christmas, and how did it make you feel when you – chose something for that person that you loved yeah that's what that's what's really fun for me with you know guiding our kids when they buy presents for people is seeing that there is so much joy in choosing something special to give to somebody that you love yeah and a friend a friend of mine we're in the uh christmas luncheon line together and he doesn't have connection with his family and and doesn't have a family of his own and he talked about he was going to go visit family, uh, friends, yeah. friends that are family. Yeah. And uh, and so think I love that word when he said that of like, yeah, because <laughs> it, it can be your biological family. It can be family of choice. Uh, but when what what was it like with family this break? <laughs> right. Uh, and how did right. you and how we did have you our give? what we how call our chosen family. But yeah. you have friends that become just like family to you that yeah. you love each other that way, yep. are there for each other in really challenging times. We've built a lot of friendships like that. Yeah, People who've been there for us and people that we choose to really be there for when, when there's nothing that anybody really gets out of it except for being with each other. 
Yeah, for and and for me, as I think about this movie, love actually is everywhere. Was the very first screen uh, on the film. It's love actually, and then is everywhere. Right. right? So yeah. And, so there. And for me, love is not like a, a feeling, a presence. It's uh, some people say it's an action. I think of love as a either attitudinal or relational stance. It's the way we approach relationship with mm-hmm. the other. Okay, the, the the visuals I did like in this movie that they tried to encapsulate this love is everywhere yeah. theme was they started and ended the movie with scenes from the arrivals area in an airport. Well, and I, I too yeah. love that. I yeah. love being seeing people reunited. Mm, beautiful. <laughs> oh, look at you getting I a know, little emotional. Because we're about to be reunited with our daughter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we're going to spend the evening yeah. at the airport and kind of being able to hug and be physically present and Yeah, but there's with. always a story there. So yeah. if you watch people, you know, meeting each other after being away, there's always a story. I think I think we've kind of wrapped up our little movie review yeah. on Christmas and Love. Yeah, so it might be an unpopular view because I know a lot of people love this movie, but we just, you know, we just want to look at things more deeply than what the, the surface is because... I found myself unsettled the first time I saw it, and similarly the second time. Yeah. <laughs> and we just wanted to explore why. It's a film that provides a lot of discussion. Well, and I think what's true is that there's probably something in there that resonates for everybody, certainly even for me. You know, there's themes in there that we've all experienced in some way, you know, whether yeah. loving somebody that's the wrong time and the wrong place to love mm-hmm. or... You know, there's lots of storylines that people will relate to. So I think people probably feel that pull towards the feeling that that brings up for them. But it's definitely not, I don't think any of those stories are true models for what we'd want love to be. No, that's true. I think we have a complete handle on what love is. We just, we think if we're watching a movie that's kind of talking about love, we want to evaluate what messages we're taking in about what love is. Yeah. And actually, so actually, actually, what is love? Yeah, yeah. And we don't always do love well, but it's interesting to think about the stories that are presented to us in modern culture yeah. and say, like, what are we taking in about what we're shooting for? Yeah. And it would have it would have been nice to have one like one of the storylines be where there's not just brokenness, but there's vulnerability connection, you know, that. Yeah. That doesn't yeah. And I think maybe next time we'll find a different Christmas movie <laughs> <laughs> oh, that we can actually really recommend. I would like to talk about Spirited. <laughs> Ryan, just, yeah. Ryan Reynolds and Will Ferrell, two of my faves. Yeah, yeah. That ends with a story about sacrifice. Yep, and and are we really unredeemable? <laughs> right. So there's, there's, there's a whole a teaser. other thing that we can talk about. But uh, yeah, this idea of love. And one last thing that transitions over to our next season is Sam talks about the one. Yeah. Uh, and we both yeah. about fell off of our couch when Sam held up his finger and he said, there's there's just one. She's the one. And She's yeah, we one. we will have a whole series about finding the one. And we want you to think about this question. Is there just one? Do you believe in soulmates? Do you believe there's just one person out there that's designed for you? Yeah. Interesting question. And we'll want to talk about that and tell some stories about that. Yep. So this is our cliffhanger. Come join us in the new year. (laughs) Yep. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Thank you for listening to With You Podcast. 
We hope you had a good time, had fun, learned something. We would love for you, if you enjoyed this, or if you're wanting to give it another try, to like and subscribe. Yeah, and we hope you'll follow what we're doing at withyoupodcast.com and come back for more. 